0: Sinister junk mail. I'm Kate Lasay, And I'm Susie Turner. We're here with our third episode for you guys. That's really exciting. It's really exciting. Today, we are talking about sleep paralysis. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's yeah. really creepy. It is creepy. Anybody who's experienced this before can tell you how terrifying it is. Yeah. Sleep paralysis is perhaps one of the scariest things that can happen to a person. You lose absolute control of your body. Um, You're awake. You're aware. Your mind is actually super clear when this is is going on. It's the not being able to control your movements, um, feeling outside of your body. That's what's really terrifying
1: about it. Oh yeah. Well, and I'm sure you're going to get into this, but with my personal account, it comes along with something with it. So Mm -hmm. you feel like mine was growling every freaking time. Yeah. That's common. I couldn't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you yeah. it's like the one time you want to like get your ass up and run out the door, but you can't.
0: Yeah, exactly. And no matter how much you try, your body is just paralyzed. Yeah. It's terrifying. We are going to get into that because oh, wait. there, you know, there's like a medical scientific explanations for this, but there's also some spiritual connotations involved that I tend Everyone, to- <laughs> everyone that has sleep paralysis is going to hell. You're all already possessed. Just yeah. fucking give up now. So we'll talk about what sleep paralysis is. We'll talk about the scientific explanation. We'll talk about what happens to the brain and body during a sleep paralysis episode. And we'll talk about possible precursors and predispositions, things that can indicate that you may be a sufferer of sleep paralysis. We're also going to talk about the spiritual associations and connotations related to sleep paralysis. And then, then we're going to get into some examples and personal accounts, which is my favorite part of this episode. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And the phenomenon of the hat man, which we'll get to. It's spooky.
1: Okay. Well, we'll talk about personal accounts. I'm not going to like... Have you seen the hat man? In,
0: in no, not during
1: sleep paralysis, but, um, yeah, my son has seen the hat man at my That's house. Right. I told you that, right? Yes. And I had no idea. Yeah.
0: <gasps> I forgot we'd talked about that. Yeah. And in fact, I forgot about that even doing research for this episode, that that is yeah. something that happened to him. Yeah. Wow. So let's start with what is sleep paralysis? Well, we touched on this a tiny bit, but sleep paralysis is a temporary episodic occurrence that happens either just before falling asleep or just after waking up. It's characterized by the feeling of being awake, but having an inability to speak or move or control your body. It typically lasts about one to two minutes, but it can last for up to 10 minutes, which is, ugh, that would be horrifying. And obviously it can be extremely frightening. Many people also report seeing figures or apparitions as well as feeling pressure on their chest or other parts of their body. Some people even report the feeling of being choked, which is very scary. Wow! I never got choked. I did feel the pressure. Uh. I'm all of a sudden thankful I only heard growling. Yeah. Oh, is that I'm like, oh, okay, not so bad. Yeah. yeah. So like the medical um industry refers to it as like hallucinations, of course. Um and Yeah. I, I as, as a teenager I dropped acid right before falling asleep. <laughs> Thanks, science. Yeah, I know, right? Um so like I don't even think, feel like it's wrong to refer to it as hallucinations because hallucinations is seeing something that's not physically there. Okay. So even if it is a spiritual thing going on, it that doesn't mean it can't also be a hallucination. You know what I'm saying? I guess. But when you say the word hallucination, right. it makes me feel like it's not real. Right. The connotation that goes along with it does yeah. make you feel like... Okay, well, this is like make believe is yeah. what it's referring to. I don't believe that. I ate mushrooms, yeah, and then I hallucinated. So well. it's hard for me to. Oh, <laughs> unless
1: you ate mushrooms, and you're just seeing like another. That's what dimen- I'm Oh, yeah, that's, that's what, what I think's
0: going so. on. I yeah. think um, LSD hallucinogens in general. You're just seeing like what's I think you're really there. Your mind to the other dimensions that are always around us, and science can explain what's going on in your brain but nobody can tell you why they can tell you how they can tell you the chemical stuff going on. They can tell you what's happening, what synapses are firing, what's going on internally inside the machine of your brain, but it doesn't tell you why, you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Like we don't know why we're seeing. And why do people see such strange things or, you know, like I've heard, you know, pulling from your subconscious, but I know we're trailing off here, getting off track. But my point is, I think that even when you hallucinate on hallucinogens, you're experiencing supernatural elements of dimensions around you. So I don't think that there's any or much difference between that and experiencing auditory or visual hallucinations during sleep paralysis. Okay. I've never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the association with the word hallucination because it does sound like, you know, you're just schizophrenic, but also maybe schizophrenic people are in touch with the spiritual world. Damn. I don't know. We're dropping bombs. I know. And not to say that that mental illness is not a very real thing and is dangerous and sad. Like, of course, yeah. but I think you'd have to be very arrogant to say, you know, everything about it and you're for sure. This is what it means right. no matter what. No, you know? I think that's fair with anything. Yeah. 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 We have a resident doctor who is going to help us with any sort of scientific or medical information on our show from here on out. She's a very close friend of mine, but we're going to refer to her as Dr. Daddy. Are we really? Yeah, we are. (laughs) Because we're going (laughs) to let her remain anonymous. Okay. um, Preserve her anonymity. That's fair. But uh, thanks, Dr. Daddy. You know who you are. All right. So according to Dr. Daddy, I'm going to give you the scientific explanation of what's going on in a normal sleep cycle. Okay. And then what's different about it, which leads to the sleep paralysis. Okay. Because it's just a very basic knowledge. We're not going to get too far into the weeds. Obviously, most people know that regular sleep is a series of four stages, one through four. One and two are light stages where you experience theta waves. Stages three to four are the deep stages, which are delta waves, electronic waves going on in the brain. Okay. So when we move from stage one to stage four, physical changes in the body during this process include decreased heart rate, slowed breathing, and muscles become relaxed and eye movement slows. So it's all just like very, uh, right? Okay. Then when you get to stage four, you're in REM. REM sleep, rapid eye movement. This is the dreaming stage. This is when you experience dreams, lucid dreams, sleep paralysis, if you're so lucky. In REM sleep, there is hybrid patterns of electrical waves in the brain. We see the waves steady through one. They are the same sort of way between one and two, and then the same sort of way between three and four, right? And that's only the theta and delta waves. We also have alpha waves and beta waves in our brain from waking states focused states, you know, Okay. during the REM sleep stage four, all of these waves are random. So you're experiencing all the different wavelengths, meaning like you're not in just this one state of mind. It's up and down. It's going, it looks like a sawtooth pattern. If you were to read it out on a machine this is relevant. It's not just a bunch of random bullshit. I'm making you learn. She's just making it up as she goes. And Susie's looking at me with her brow furrowed. Like, is this what? okay? All right. I'm fault. I'm, I'm trying. Where, I'm... Why are we learning this right now? I You'll thought see. I was done with college. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You blame Dr. Daddy on this. Dr. This. Daddy, we have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> this actually very useful information and we appreciate it. No, we do. It. We, we do. do. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to just tell you the, the waves that we see. Okay. So theta waves is what happens when you're drifting to sleep. That's also what people experience when they're in a trance state. So if you meditate and you turn, you go into that state where it's like very, very deep into it, not quite awake and not quite asleep. That's where we have our theta waves. Beta waves are just normal awake us talking right now. Alpha waves are a relaxed wakeful state. So it's awake, but like relaxing, not really focusing on stuff. So rapid eye movement is the side to side movement of your eyes behind the closed lids, hence the term REM rapid eye movement with this stage four REM, whatever. We also see the increase in heart rate, blood pressure and breathing. So it went from slowing way down to picking back up. You're slowing down, you're slowing down, you're going into your deep sleep, and then all of a sudden it's fucking crazy again. Okay. But but you're still asleep. At this point, this is when your breathing becomes irregular and your muscles are paralyzed. Your muscles no longer work. The cycle of non-REM and REM sleep happens up to eight times over the duration of one normal sleep session. So you'll go in and out of this REM, so you're going to have however many dream sessions during your sleep. Huh? Interesting. Depending okay. on how long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the pathology of sleep paralysis. Now that we know the basics of regular sleep, which most of you probably know that already, but it's good to have a little refresher. The three important parts of the brain anatomy. I know we're getting (laughs) into the weeds here. Uh, I'm sorry, but I feel compelled to give the scientific and medical explanation before we get too crazy into it to show that I'm not just like ignorant in what sleep is. No, I think it's good. It's important. Yeah, sort of. It lets you guys know that... We're not complete I do, idiots. Yeah. And then I do understand the science behind it and I still have the opinion on it that I have. Just partial idiots. And I don't think that, yeah, <laughs> just partial. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think no. it can be both. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think
1: with almost anything, I think there's a little bit of truth to both sides, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's just me.
0: Okay. So the pathology of sleep paralysis. There are three important parts of brain anatomy that we need to know going over this part. And again, it is relevant. And if you turn this in to your
1: university, (laughs) you will get partial credits for your next semester. Yeah.
0: And you can totally plagiarize us. We won't even care. Honestly, take our words. Go ahead. Just don't tell them we said that. Uh, What can a college do to us anyway? I mean, they're already dumb enough to give us both degrees. We should just run. (laughs) That's right. Okay. So the three important parts of brain anatomy. There is the thalamus, which is the sensory information system. This is highly active during REM and inactive during non-REM sleep. So this is where information is being processed okay. in the brain. The next one is the amygdala. Emotional processing region regulates emotions like fear and aggression much more active in REM than in non-REM. And we've got the hypothalamus and the brain stem together. These produce the chemical GABA, which stops neurons from sending and receiving information. GABA is what's responsible for preventing your body from acting out your dreams. Interesting. Which, you know, this made me, when I was researching this, it made me think about sleepwalking and how people do act out their dreams. Um, yeah. I was a huge sleepwalker when I was a kid. That doesn't
1: surprise me even a little bit. Yeah. I think the last time i I slept walk. I woke up. I was six, 15, maybe. Okay. I woke up in the middle of me sleepwalking. Oh my God. That's that was scary. terrifying. Yeah. But I did it a lot as a kid to the point, like one time my mom found me outside, like near our pond walking that's around horrifying. with like my backpack on, but don't worry. you were going to school. I did. And I took <laughs> off my shirt. So oh I guess, God? I don't know. What the fuck? Florida girl. Yeah. Found outside half naked with a backpack Sounds on. It's normal. <laughs> it, you know what? She started, she had to put a lock way up high oh because I'm like God. two feet tall. So that even if I was sleepwalking, I couldn't reach the
0: lock. Oh my God. I should to do it for the front and back door because I started getting like real crazy with my sleepwalking. You know, what's so strange to me is that people can carry out functions while sleepwalking this yeah. way. Like that, like not just like move from one room to another, but like literally make a cup of coffee or yeah. open a fucking door, unlock a door. You know what I'm saying? Well, And I
1: had my backpack on. I yeah. had, I think half of, I was halfway dressed, but yeah, no, I've experienced it. It's so a strange. Like a kid.
0: Do you, did you ever wake up and like, remember what you were dreaming about or no. you're just like, where the fuck am I every time? No,
1: I would wake up the next morning and not know what happened. And my, oh my mom God. would be like, um, you did it again. Oh. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that, um, it was one night. I, um, of course waited until the last minute for, like my AP English like huge project, yeah, and I fell asleep at the computer sitting up and I remember going like, oh shit, I'm so tired, I need to go to bed, like screw it, I'm gonna yeah. just turn this in late and then I don't remember anything except I found my I woke up in my room standing up and my heart was pounding oh and I was out of God. breath and I don't remember how I got That's there so scary to and me. I was terrified because yeah. I don't remember walking, running. I oh, The last thing I remember is being at the computer going,
0: I need to get to bed. That's so strange. Yeah. yeah. I've never experienced sleepwalking. It scares the shit out of me. I can't even imagine waking up just standing somewhere and like going, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. It's really scary. All right. So we talked about how it the GABA prevents your body from acting out your dreams. Right. Unless
1: you're broken like me.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's another strange thing about it is like, what exactly is going on there? What is malfunctioning that allows this to happen to your body,
1: you know? And, and I'm not trying to like, this is not going to turn into a therapy session, but for sure when I started sleepwalking a lot, it was when my dad mm-hmm. um, was doing some crazy shit. Yeah. And so I do think there was like trauma involved. And like, I think that there was so much stress that yeah. I was like internalizing and, um, I think that that might've been part of it.
0: There's a huge link between sleep issues and trauma yeah. and, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. And like abuse, all of that, there's a positive correlation between those two things. So yeah. that doesn't surprise me either. And also it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week of like the increase of spiritual activity. Yeah. Like I do think there's a huge link between spiritual, like your spirit and your sleep period, like, which we'll talk about later. Okay, I don't think it's just a sci- easy scientific explanation. Like, we got to recharge. Our body's got to plug in and recharge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sleep paralysis occurs when the sleep cycle is shifting between stages and you are awoken to suddenly during REM. The process we just outlined with the brain centers... That is still ongoing. It's preventing the body from moving. So even though you're now conscious, you can't move because your muscles are not working. working. Right. Because your breathing is irregular and sometimes labored during the cycle when sleep paralysis occurs. This is what leads people to believe that the decreased oxygen and therefore increased carbon dioxide to the brain could be the possible explanation for the hallucinations that some people experience. Whoa! That's crazy. Yeah, it is because what we talked about earlier is that your brain patterns are going crazy during this time. It's not, yeah. I, I just think it's so strange that it goes in this very steady pattern, yeah. stable study. And then it's just like, bam, we're all over the place now. Yeah. I guess I've never really looked into it. I kind of just accepted it.
1: Yeah. I was like, yeah, I think we mostly, my do. sleep is fucked. Yeah.
0: It is <laughs> yeah. what it is. <laughs> so yeah, it could be the possible lack of oxygen that yeah. creates these hallucinations. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I have my own thoughts on why people see entities that seemingly are not there during episodes of sleep paralysis. I think they're more spiritual in nature. Okay. I don't think that every single person who wakes up during sleep paralysis and sees an entity is breathing so poorly during that time that they're hallucinating from a lack of oxygen. Yeah. I just don't think that would be the case personally, right? I don't think so either. Yeah. I'm going to give it its like credit here where science says, you know, but uh, even the research that I've done says that it's a possible explanation. It's not a an explanation where they are like, that's it for that's, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so, definitive. Yeah. And it can't be attributed to every single person that experiences it every single time. Well, cause it, it very well could be for some. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: And then I do think that it could be that others are more open to like a spiritual world than mm-hmm. the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it, the same explanation might be the exact same for everybody that's mm-hmm. ever experienced it. It might be unique yeah. and different for each one. Yeah.
0: I think so. I mean, that's, It's like medical symptoms, you know, many different diseases share symptoms. And yeah,
1: I know this. Do Mm -hmm. not ever go to Google and
0: (laughs) (laughs) be like, I have a stuffy nose. It'll always come back cancer. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Or it could just be like a mild cold. It could be allergies, but you see what I'm saying? Like, but there's so many possibilities. There is. Just like this, like there's probably so many different factors that could lead to this. Right. Um, associated conditions. There is narcolepsy, hypertension, obstructive sleep apnea, insomnia, and substance and alcohol use. So any of these can play a part. You might be more prone to having... Sleep paralysis. If if you have any of these conditions, other associated conditions like uh, psychological conditions Mm -hmm. that could like indicate that you might have a predisposition to be a sufferer of sleep paralysis. I'm going to list them out for you, but sleep paralysis is associated with these at a higher rate than people who don't have these issues. Okay, so this is the time I can get really paranoid about myself. Go, please tell me all the reasons. And it's unclear whether or not they are causative or secondary. So there's PTSD, which we discussed. Panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, death anxiety, which is super interesting to me. DMT, you know, causes you to hallucinate, except for I think it's actually making you see into the world around us that we don't see in our daily lives. Okay. And then social anxiety. Okay. The last on that list. Um, I've never really met, unless you have it, or, do you have death anxiety? I feel like we did talk about this at one what, point. Were so you like really scared anxiety? of death at some oh, point? I'm terrified else? of death. Yeah. No, I'm we still terrified of it.
1: Yeah. When I still, like, if I think about it for too long, I get mm-hmm. like really like weird about it. I don't like it. Yeah. It's, it's unknown of what, like what's out, uh, you know? Yeah. And I like, maybe it's my own like weird personality, but I like a lot of control. Mm-hmm. I like, like, I don't even go on roller coasters. I, I don't like th- The like not having control over my body. Yeah. So I do believe in God and I do believe that there's an afterlife and there is a lot of belief there. Mm
0: -hmm. But in that slim possibility, I am wrong. Yeah. I'm freaking terrified. It's the existential crisis. It's like what happens when we are no more? You can't, it's horrifying. And once I start going down that path, like I, yeah, not okay with it. That's why a lot of people choose to just ignore it. Yeah. You know. I
1: pretend like it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I deal with it like any other healthy like, human. You pretend like it doesn't <laughs> sweep exist. Sweep it under the rug. Yeah. But it's the thinking that there will be a continuation. Mm-hmm. But if once I start thinking that like, this is it, yeah. I'm going to die and like, this is it. <gasps> yeah.
0: It's scary. The idea of it is scary. And I, I mean, we don't believe this is it. I don't think so. Yeah. If I don't go in somewhere, it doesn't have to be somewhere special, somewhere happy, just somewhere where I can figure it out. I'm fine with that. You know? So isolated sleep paralysis does occur. This is when it happens on its own with no associated medical conditions, but I don't think it's as common for people to have sleep paralysis without having one of these other um, either physical or psychological conditions. So I'm also going to now that we've discussed the physiology behind sleep and behind what happens when you have an episode of sleep paralysis. Three extra science credits for all of you listeners. Yeah, This is basically a full course. I know. Yeah. So I'm also just going to give you a brief explanation of what lucid dreaming is okay. for those of our listeners who haven't experienced this or most people probably know what this is, but I've still met some people who are not aware of what it is. Um, the luc- normal people. Yeah. yeah normal yeah. people who don't have fucked up childhoods and sleep. Issues. <laughs> <laughs> so lucid dreaming is when you are dreaming, but you realize it's a dream. Oh, I've had those before, yeah. mm-hmm. like a lot. And you have the ability to control or alter the content of your own dream when this happens.
1: I've never been able to do that. You've never been able to do it? No. Even if I like, I'm like, oh, this is a dream. Mm-hmm. And then like, it just keeps going. I'm like, well, this really sucks. Have you ever tried to alter it or in that? Like, you do know, you have them often or?
0: Not often. Um, clearly I'm helpless in my dreams <laughs> and I'm just like, that's you know, right. I forgot you're the weirdo sleepwalker. Yeah. I think that it's more common to have lucid dreams and just know you're dreaming than it is to be able to control them. I okay. don't think that's as common. So you're not alone. I actually did not realize until I was an adult that lucid dreaming was rare because I've lucid dreamed my entire life really every single one she's a witch i'm a witch i know it yeah no i didn't realize because and i'm not like "Uh, i'm really amazing and special it's not she is so everyone take
1: a moment of silence and just appreciate the amazingness my brain (laughs) thank
0: you so much (laughs) Uh, no so like i did not realize it was rare um i didn't either yeah when i was a kid And up until now, every single dream I have, I know I'm dreaming and I can alter the content. Every single one, every single one. Like I'm telling you, I didn't know it was rare. Like until I became a teenager and started talking to my friends and they were like, what? Like what? You can't do that. It's strange. And if it's like a very short, you know, we'll have short dreams, short clips of dreams. Usually I don't wake up. And remember those because they're short. So I guess I can't definitively say every single one because we don't remember every single one of our dreams. However, if I'm awoken during a dream and I remember the dream, I know that I was able to alter the content of that dream. Weird. For example, um, I, and it doesn't mean I can make the dream happen. Okay. Like I can paint the picture of the dream. It's not like that. I had a dream. One, one that stands out to me. One example is, um, I had a dream that I was being like sex trafficked, which is really fucking strange. Oh my, that's terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, in this dream, I was like being sex trafficked and I had, I was sitting on the floor with another girl. We had our hands like handcuffed behind our backs and somebody like, like a guy came in to like, transport us or something. But at this point I realized I'm in a dream. It's not that I could make it be a totally different landscape, but I allowed myself to get out of these handcuffs and leave the room. You know what I mean? This is the kind of example I mean, like it wasn't up to the guy. What happened to me next? It was up to me. I decided. So it was almost like a video game where you get to like choose your next move. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I knew I was dreaming also. It wasn't I, I didn't believe I was in reality and just making it how I wanted. It was very clear. It's also very clear I'm dreaming when this happens because you can you can see the the world, the reality around you is different. It doesn't look like our human physical reality. You know how it is when you dream, right? Mm. Is that isn't it like that for you? I don't know. I have very realistic
1: dreams, mm. but they're usually very murderous. Okay. And, not, and not me murdering. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Usually I have like really bad nightmares, wow. but it always feel ve- like it usually feels very realistic mm-hmm. and it, 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 the only thing that's not realistic, it, it's never like in my actual house. Right. Right. It's always like yeah. a different home, but in my head, it's my house. I get that. Yeah. It's never like unrealistic to me. I guess it's terrifying.
0: I guess I think that maybe that's why I think that way, because I I know exactly what you mean. Like I had a dream a couple nights ago where I was in my house, but when I went upstairs, it was a totally different, like layout, different style. That's how I knew I was in a dream. You know what I mean? Like Hmm. that's when I realized I'm dreaming. Well, and I don't know, I guess in other times, like I'll dream and I'm in a room, but I'll know that outside of that room, there's nothing when I'm dreaming. So I guess that's what I mean when I say it doesn't feel like our human reality.
1: Interesting. No no, I guess my, uh, my dream self is very gullible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm in a room. I'm stuck forever. Just like your real
0: self. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There's a guy out there and he's going to kill me Yeah, and I'm, I'm screwed. And I wake up like with my heart beating and I'm out of breath
0: and yeah, that's so scary that like, I've, I've always said, I I don't have nightmares because even I've had scary dreams. I've had dreams where something scary is happening to me, but I always take control of the dream.
1: Oh, wow. So, what, what we've I'm learned running. here, yeah. First, we've learned a few things in the past few minutes. Kate is braggadocious. Yeah, in the best. Two, she's a control freak. Yeah. yeah. Oh my
0: God, that's yeah. so true.
1: I. What we've learned here is I'm a
0: bitch in my dreams, too. And in real life. And in real life. It's amazing how we transfer forever. It really is yeah. just our spiritual selves, yeah, being ourselves at all times, isn't it? I'm just a little bitch. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. I had a dream once where I was being like chased down by demons. Oh, good. And I didn't get scared because I took off and flew into the sky away from them, and they couldn't catch me. This is what I'm talking about. So I woke up from that thinking it what wasn't a nightmare. Hell? It didn't scare me though because i i took I took over it. You know what I'm saying, man? And I realized it was a dream. I'm feeling really bad about my dream self I'm now. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I don't mean to brag and just she say doesn't mean to brag and make you feel bad that you don't she's, have my she's, dream quality. She's currently life, playing but. with her hair and showing us how much she's better than all of us. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, I didn't realize it was rare. Like, yeah. you know, because most people don't do that or can't do that. No, and I don't know what it is that allows someone else to do that more than the other person next. to, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's super weird. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not something that you like grow up learning. So yeah. it's either you can or you can't. Explain that to us, science. Yeah. So there is a connection between lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis, a positive and significant correlation between the two. Research is limited on this, however. Okay. Personally, as I mentioned, I've had lucid dreams from a young age, but I've only experienced sleep paralysis four to five times in my life. Okay. And we'll come back to that later. I am definitely going to want to hear your first experience and I'll give mine as well. About sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. or dot, dot, dot. Sleep paralysis. Oh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, Yeah. sleep Mm, sleep paralysis. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that there would be a connection between that. Though the fact that there is a positive correlation between lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis does surprise me because my only experience with it is polar opposite. I feel like for somebody who always has lucid dreams, I would have more experiences of sleep paralysis. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? All right. So we're gonna move on to the spiritual associations and connotations. Okay. Now. At this point in the episode, I'm going to warn y'all, we're going to be getting a little less scientific here and a little more, um, what's the word I'm fun, looking for? Fun. We're going to be getting more fun and we're going to get away from the science a little bit. And we're going to go more into anecdotal evidence and other people's experiences yeah, and personal um, experiences. Yeah. All that. Yeah. And more of the opinionated yes.
1: section right. of the podcast. Yeah. This is where our commentary comes into play a little bit more. Versus the boring shit that no one gives I'm just kidding. The science community really cares. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're more scientific, I mean, I totally respect that. I
0: think, and I think, like, you can be scientific about it and still, like, accept. Yeah. I think the best scientists out there are open minded and don't pretend they know every single thing and what everything means. I think that's true. And I think that most people, and I
1: shouldn't say most people, I'll say personally, Mm -hmm. I like the science aspect of things, but I also
0: like to, you know, dabble in, like, the other reality too it's fun to like connect them together and kind of see yeah. how they play and interact with each other and work together.
1: Well, cause I think with my perspective, pretty much on anything weird is like, we really don't know. Right. And yeah, there's science and like, that's fantastic and all, but there's mm-hmm. a lot we just, we just don't understand as humans. And I right. think it's very egotistical of us to be like, we've done a case study or like 70 that like, here's the exact answer. Like even with the case studies mm-hmm. and stuff, like humans make mistakes, there's yes. oversight no matter what. So yeah. It could be for sure. There I think there's truth to a lot of studies, but there's also I think an underlying other side of things, mm-hmm. I
0: guess. And you know, it, it, you can investigate it and learn about it, but that doesn't mean you're that's all there is to know. Right. Yeah, so there's some religious perspectives that go along with sleep paralysis, Um, Christians, not all Christians, but some Christians, and this is based on my own personal research. Some Christians attribute sleep paralysis to some sort of demonic encounter, which I think, like, I think a lot of people actually, even if you're not Christian, I think sometimes people experiencing this go, what the fuck? Like, this feels
1: bad you know? So I know we'll get into this later, Mm -hmm. but like, honestly, I could feel it was bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We will talk about that later for sure. As a Christian, like it was like beaten to me that Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, God and the devil. Right. And so that was growing up. It
0: was like a definite, like, Oh my God. Yeah. This isn't good. Right. This isn't good at all. It does not feel good. I don't don't know if I've ever heard of anyone having a sleep paralysis experience that was positive. No, no one wakes up and is like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I just had sleep paralysis. (laughs) So because it's such a terrifying experience, so out of the realm of what feels normal to us, I understand why people believe this. And especially people in like Christ-based religions would associate this with demonic activity. I associated my first experience with demonic activity because I was still a Christian at this point. Yeah. You know, some people believe that if you pray before going to sleep at night and upon waking up in the morning, it will prevent demons from being able to attack and paralyze you in your sleep. And I'm not saying all the Christians think this or even a majority of Christians think this. This is strictly based on my research that I've come across. Some Christians believe that praying before bed or when waking up will protect you from this. And even as a child, I would pray my ass off because I thought it was going to keep me safe in my dreams. In fact, I really believed for a long time that the reason I didn't have nightmares was because I prayed so much before really? i go to bed.
1: Yeah. I used to pray with like even a candle before bed as a kid. Yeah. Still had nightmares. Well, God doesn't love you. So. No, that's clear. I was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. He was really drunk when he made me. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. You're just a failed abortion yeah. from God. He woke me and he was like, Fuck, what did I do? (laughs) Oh my God. She's going to pay for this. We're just kidding, everybody. (laughs) Just
0: kidding. Okay, so that's what the Christians believe, some of the Christians. Let's talk about some entities and experiences that people have. People who suffer from sleep paralysis, like we talked about earlier, often see entities. They see them nearby, standing nearby. Sometimes they experience that feeling of pressure on their chest or their back if they're laying on their stomach, and sometimes they feel like they're being choked. This is not a comprehensive list. There's other things that people experience. What if you like getting choked? Then you are having the time of your life. I guess so. (laughs) So one thing that I find really interesting about sleep paralysis is the phenomenon of the hat man which okay. we talked about early on. It's a strange shared experience among people who suffer from sleep paralysis and this spans across the entire world. There are accounts of it in every culture. Really? hmm And that's interesting to me because if we're
1: taking a religious standpoint on it, obviously worldwide there's so many different religions so if everyone's experiencing the same thing yeah. it's hard for me to believe that it's like a religious base exactly
0: uh, theory if you do believe in religion you might have demonic activity or in my belief you might have a entity who's just a dickhead fucking with you yeah or you might have something Great. else going on it's not like a one size fits all you know like yeah it, it could, could be multiple sense. things going on who's to say we don't know what the fuck's going on around us all the time no of course yeah. not so this entity that appears, he's usually standing nearby. He's never like uh, sitting on your bed or touching you. It's always just kind of a figure in the corner, like watching you sleep. Which I hate. It's, yeah. it's creepy as fuck. It's weird. There have been accounts reported from all over the world. Like I said, the descriptions vary only slightly. There's a lot of things that they all have in common. And that's what makes it, I don't know, hard
1: for me not to believe is when yeah. there's so many accounts and these people aren't talking to each other. Right. And there's only slight differences, which the slight differences could just be human mistakes, human yep. error. Yeah. I've, again, I've never seen this. This yeah.
0: is... Maybe you will now. No, I don't. <laughs> Kate. Don't I'm put joking. this I'm me. joking, I'm joking. You won't. You won't. Okay. So there are a few things that all of these reports seem to have in common, though, okay. relating to this hat man. It's always a tall humanoid type figure, ranging from usually between six to 10 feet tall. So it's, it's tall. It's okay, creepy tall. So I hate that too, because it's creepy tall. It's yeah. not like
1: sexy tall. It's like...
0: Mm-hmm. I could kill you. Like, what tall. do you even need to be doing up there? What are you even looking for up there? Why do you need to be that tall? I don't know. Yeah. But is it to scare us? Possibly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The eyes on this entity either appear to be red or just dark empty sockets. Get the fuck Which out one's of here. Which one is creepier? Do you think the red eyes or the I think
1: empty the red eyes? eyes. Yeah? Because immediately when I think red eyes, mm-hmm. I think demon. Right. Right. I did not think this episode was going to like actually scare the shit out of me. Oh, but we're I can't wait to like,
0: listen. Oh, I've got some excellent stories for you. So the hat man typically appears like kind of hazy or mist-like rather than solid. So like what you would imagine a hologram sort of, right? And in almost every single account, it's insisted that he is wearing a trench coat, which I think is strange. And then most people also see him with some sort of top hat. And that is where we get the term hat man from. Okay. What I find interesting is that not everyone sees the top hat, but almost everyone unanimously agrees that he's wearing a trench coat. Why not call him the trench coat man? So, when the hat man appears, he doesn't try to attack you or sit on your chest like some other sleep paralysis <laughs> entities have been reported to do. You wanna talk about a panic attack? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's scary. I would lose my shit. Yeah. So, instead, he just stands quietly in the corner, watching you eerily. I don't know. Like, something about that makes me feel so gross. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Like, in the why, back of my why neck? is he watching this. you? Like, what is he getting, what is he gaining from this? Do you want to know what he's gaining from this? Oh my God. It's, bank like, bank. it's like, yeah, I was just going to say, he's like a guy in like the parking lot of like a movie theater at night by himself. Just yeah. like, you know? Yeah. He has lotion in his uh, trench coat for when he. Yeah. So who is the hat man? We wonder, right? Some people believe he is an extraterrestrial. <gasps> really? A form of shadow person, shadow people, they call them. Some people believe he's a demon. Some people believe he's just some supernatural entity. That's- okay. Neither demonic or extraterrestrially. We'll go with that. But I will say in an interview with psychology today, I read a paranormal expert, her name is Rosemary Ellen Geely. She mentions that shadow people, like the Hat Man, could possibly be wearing hats and cowls to cover up imperfectly shaped heads. <laughs>
1: So, so are we saying
0: that this <laughs> demon has, he's so self-conscious that he has to wear a hat? I think what I'm getting from this is if it's like, this makes me feel like she's seeing it as like an extraterrestrial type humanoid, um, weird shadow person. I've read stories and we'll, we'll talk about the at some point the black eyed kids. Do you remember the black eyed kids? Ooh. We're going to do an episode on them. I feel like this is a kind of thing where this um, entity is trying to appear human but they're not quite getting it right. Like a fucked up photocopy basically. Right. So they got to kind of like disguise themselves. Yeah. It's weird though right? I don't like it. I love it but I would not love it if I saw it. That's for sure. No. I want to like I want you to experience it and then
1: tell me to like
0: yeah. <laughs> secondhand. hand. I want a second hand <laughs> experience. I've never seen the hat man. I haven't either. I've only experienced auditory, I don't know, it means activity. Same. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you mine, my first account really quick. You show you me yours me and yours. I'll show yeah. you mine. Get them out. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said earlier, my first experience happened when I was 14 years old. Okay. Uh, I was in a place where there was like some very dark and depressed energy at this time. I don't need to expand on that. No, let's yeah. not put dirty laundry out mm-hmm. there for people. Not- <laughs> so I woke up in the morning and I was laying on my stomach and. I didn't know what was going on at first because I didn't I didn't wake up and have that paralysis. It was really strange. Weird. The first thing I noticed was this noise, like a distant chatter, but it it was like a crowded room full of voices, but very far away. Okay. And it got louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder until it was like completely overwhelming, like so loud. And then it abruptly stopped. And I felt this weight just like slam down onto my back and shove me down into my mattress. Like I was pressed down into my mattress. And I couldn't move. And like I said earlier, I was still religious at this point. And I'm thinking this has got to be some kind of fucking demon. I've never had anything like this happen to yeah. me before. It scared the shit out of me. So I started to panic and... I wasn't panicking when I heard the voices. I just panicked when I felt pressed down into my mattress. Really? So I would have started panicking the moment I heard voices. It scared me. It scared me. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? But I didn't panic until I could no longer move my body. That's when I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm dying. Like, where am I? you feel helpless. Yes.
1: The one thing as a human you can do is run away from danger. And when you feel like you can't...
0: I, I can't handle it. Yeah, I don't like it. It was horrifying. It yeah. scared the shit out of me. So I started praying because that's what I thought was going to help. Oh, I did the same. Yeah. yeah, I really thought I was under some sort of demonic attack. Mm-hmm. I'm not even convinced now at this point in my life that I wasn't un- under some sort of attack with yeah. some some kind of dark entity. You yeah. Know? Eventually, finally, I was able to utter a word, and I got the weight had just like lifted off of my body. And it she uttered, abruptly released. Choke me. <laughs> I regained control of my body. The weight immediately released. It wasn't like a gradual thing, it just shot up. I swear to God, I felt my body bounce back up out of the mattress. <sighs> I felt this pressure release and my body, like the mattress, like, give way. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I saw it bounce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that like some people are going to discredit that and be like, oh, it's in your head, whatever. Maybe it is. But in my memory of it, in my personal experience of it, I felt like I was actually being pushed and then was let go of like, Again, physical, I think you know, it's one of those, when you don't have experiences with a
1: lot of this stuff, it's so easy to be like, it's your imagination. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it, but it's when you start like experiencing it yourself, it's hard to discredit like, yeah, because you never, you don't think it's, if you knew something was coming, you would get your phone out, be you'd prepared. bring someone in, be yeah. like, watch this. It usually happens when you're just like doing normal things and mm-hmm. you're so caught off guard and you're like, yeah, That's what makes it like
0: extra scary every time. But again, I think that people who have experienced this are, you know, they're they're gonna give a little more like validation to these sorts of stories and accounts because they know personally what it feels like. Exactly. And it's easy for somebody who's never experienced sleep paralysis to be like, well, I read it's just this and you don't know. Or even if you have, some people just don't want to accept that it could possibly be something darker or creepier because it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. 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 All right. Tell me about your first. Experience. I think I want to say I was around 14 years
1: old, maybe too yeah, weird. Weird. Mm-hmm. And um, I was having a sleepover with my friend, and she had already like passed out next to me in my bed. And I remember like having kind of a hard time falling asleep that night. I don't know why, because anyone that knows me, I can fall asleep. Snizzy and-
0: Susie. Yeah,
1: I can fall asleep standing up. It is a talent. Yeah. And I remember me like, oh fuck, what it is what it is. So I remember like closing my eyes, and I finally remember drifting off to sleep. And then I remember, like, abruptly waking up, and I'm getting goosebumps. I hated this. I love it. And I couldn't move. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, I I was trying to scream because as soon as I woke up, I heard growling in my ear, and I could tell that it was like it felt like it was right next to my head, Mm -hmm. and it sounded like a vicious, like, big dog. Yeah, and I had this like bad feeling. Like instantly, I was like, it's not something good. No, I, I could tell it was something that like shouldn't be there, and it was like evil. I know that sounds ridiculous. No, it doesn't. I could tell it was something bad. It's yeah. like that intuition. Like we were like, "Uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. this isn't good. And I couldn't snap out of it. And I just started praying. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what we're taught to do. That's what we're taught to do. And so I just kept praying and praying. And then out of nowhere, the growling stopped and I could move again. And I remember I was shaking. The relief
0: you must've felt in that moment though.
1: And I was so scared. And like, I didn't want to wake my friend up because I didn't want her thinking I was crazy. I didn't want to go tell my mom because I don't know. I was so scared. I didn't want to get out of bed. I just like
0: kept praying until I fell asleep again. Oh my God. That's so scary. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's experienced this understands the level of fear that goes into it. Like waking up, with no control over your body. It's there's something so disgusting and darkly unnatural about it. That just is horrifying. And then to hear like growling. Yeah. And that's also like a very common thing that happens. Well, and what's weird is I've only, I'm
1: pretty sure I only had it one other time Mm -hmm. and it was actually, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to preface this with, um, Kate and I were in the Air Force. So go ahead yeah. and make your jokes now. <laughs> I'm going to call it basic training, but go ahead, and insert, it extreme, was summer camp.
0: Extreme Girl Scout camp. <laughs> it was like college days. I mean, but it like was. So <laughs> I had
1: fun. But um, it was in basic training and it was like towards the end of training and I was on the top bunk and I had the same shit happen to me where I was like exhausted. I passed out and then I woke up, couldn't move, growling in my ear. And in my head, I knew that like, okay. It's like, it had to be in the middle of the night. Cause so I want to say I had like watch or whatever the fuck yeah. it was called. So I went to bed later that night than usual and mm. no one was awake. And when I finally like shook myself yeah. awake and finally could get like feeling in my body, the growling stopped. I looked around
0: and no one was fucking awake. It's weird, right? It was really weird. That's so creepy. It sounds horrifying. It sounds like very similar to what I experienced, but I didn't have a growl. I just had like a roar of a crowd, you know? Yeah. But also, I, I think a growl would have been scarier. I think either way, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's really scary. So a good friend of mine has had some very scary shit happen to her. You right know, she has been so gracious to allow me to share some of her stories on our on our show. Okay. So this friend of mine has had sleep issues like her entire life that started in early childhood. But her sleep paralysis and specifically did not start until she was like 19 years old. Weird. During the ages of 19 to 24, she estimates that she's experienced sleep paralysis at least once a week, often usually more. That sucks so fucking much. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. I'm not laughing at her, but like damn. It's just unimaginable, right? It's very unfortunate. It's horrible. Like I can't even imagine how
1: your life could suffer from this. And I I would be terrified to go to sleep yeah. if I knew it was happening that often.
0: I wonder why she has insomnia. I wouldn't want to go to sleep either. Exactly. She would tell me about these episodes occasionally, like right after they happen, like the next morning at work or something. She'd tell me about one of them. They scared the shit out of me then, and they scare the shit out of me now. Hers is a lot different than mine. Mine was anyway. scary. Hers was traumatizing. I oh, good, say. yeah. And, and it happened so often to her. Some of her episodes were accompanied by the visual and auditory experiences as well. Some were her just being awake but unable to move. So it was just luck of the draw. I mean, it's scary either way, but it's much scarier when you're hearing and seeing shit. Yes. So at this point in her life, now around a decade later, I'd say maybe a little more, she only experiences sleep paralysis two to three times per year much less. That's two to three times a year too many though. I agree. To be fair. But it usually occurs to her during a nap and it's no longer accompanied by any sort of audio or visual stuff. It's just the not being able to move. So I'm happy Weird. for her to have that at least. It's no longer as yeah, intense. It's progress. Mm-hmm. It is. It's progress. When I first learned about her sleep paralysis, she was living in an apartment and this place was haunted as it's funny because yeah. she's like a very skeptical person, but she's super sensitive. And I've told her this before, like yeah. to the supernatural paranormal. But she's like, no. She like kind of shuts it out. Okay. Like she doesn't want to give it too much energy. That's even more interesting mm-hmm. to me because I think
1: that if she's that closed off and then as much mm-hmm. stuff as you're going to tell us that she was experiencing, yeah. it says a lot. I totally agree. And it makes me wonder if it's some like loser like me went in there
0: giving it attention. Oh my God. Yeah. You'd be, you would have had a hard time. In they that would have murdered me. You would have, you would have been like the one that just took off and didn't even pay your like rent just fucking left. You're like, where'd you go? And down. I'm like, yeah. I'm in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. I, never going to see me again. It was really scary. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. This apartment was haunted. Like I said, she's a total skeptic. She is not naturally inclined to give credence to supernatural events. So she moved into this creepy old apartment. And not long after that, I started hearing about some of the weird shit she would experience. When we'd talk about it, I'd ask her if she was scared. And she kind of just like, no. I don't think she gave it a whole lot of her energy. And she also was like, like I said, very like, eh, I'm not going to believe everything just because I, I'm not going to believe it just because I hear it or see it, you (laughs) know, she would report to me like being awakened by the feeling of something trying to violently jerk her off the bed. I've never heard anyone talk about that with sleep paralysis. In my personal opinion, I don't think the violent jerking of her leg was part of a sleep paralysis. I believe that was an entity fucking with her. She would hear low demonic sounding voices, often hearing words or full sentences being spoken. She would often see figures that appeared to be demonic in the midst of an episode standing nearby watching her. Oh my god. Pass. Yeah. I'm also going to tell you about her very first episode of sleep paralysis Okay. she remembers it scared her because it's spine chilling. Oh, good. Yes. Because this isn't enough. Yet. Yeah. So the very first time she experienced sleep paralysis, this was before she lived in this apartment, but it was already a thing she was dealing with. So she was 19 years old and she was living in a college dorm with a roommate at the time. Okay. I'm going to read to you her exact words. Oh, good. I was sleeping in my bed and my roommate was in her bed. I suddenly felt like I was being jerked from my bed, not gently tugged, but violently jerked. I then had the sensation of my roommate standing near my bed and she was making a very deep purring sound and contorting her body. At this time, I was still religious, so I started to invoke the name of Jesus to come help me with what appeared to be a demonic presence. Eventually, the apparition of my roommate, who was certainly fast asleep in her bed, vanished, and I felt the deep purring noise coming from my own throat, which did terrify me quite a bit. I am not a very expressive person. I don't sing. I don't dance. I don't hum along to songs. So it didn't make sense to have that noise coming from me. Oh my God, I hate it. I knew that was going to scare the shit Look out of you. This. Is that not
1: so fucking creepy? It, it makes me think that like something bad jumped into her body. Oh, I don't like that. I will tell you now, that's not the only time she's oh. had that
0: noise coming from her. Shut the... F- oh my God, make this stop. I, I didn't can't. know this story until I asked her for information to share for this episode. I have memories of her telling me about this happening the day after when we were working together. Oh, hell. It's so scary. It is. I Like, I don't know how you could go to sleep at night. I feel so sad that she had these things happen to her because it would make me so scared to go to bed. No wonder. Again, you said she, she suffered with insomnia, yes. right? I wonder why. Yeah. So she often experienced that violence jerking from her bed like her leg being pulled very violently and it wasn't like a nice it was like a i'm gonna yank you off this fucking bed and it happened many times to her See, and this is where i
1: think it has to be something evil just like i've said previously i believe that there's angels i believe that like good spirits essentially and i think that they're here to guide us i think that there's ghosts that kind of get stuck on earth where like maybe they had like a tragic ending and they're trying to process it right and then i believe that there's evil shit the evil is what's trying to scare the life out of us. I totally
0: believe that there are evil entities as well. Yeah. I just believe that these evil entities use religion as a tool to fuck with people who are religious. Why why wouldn't they? Yeah, anything
1: you can get your hands on if you're this type of being. Like but just like if you're a shitty person, you're gonna use the person's weaknesses or vulnerabilities right. to get in their head exactly. and like completely destroy them. Yeah. So why wouldn't something that, you know, is supernatural use the mm-hmm. same logical thinking that you know what i I don't know i
0: completely agree yeah i i totally agree like i absolutely believe in evil like and i do believe that she was being taunted by something evil like nothing good would do something like this no so i vividly remember a time when she was living in that apartment that she told me about her hearing a low demonic growl during the night during a sleep paralysis episode this was at work the next day which makes me terrified because i've heard that Mm-hmm. And it's not good. At least it ain't coming from you. No. <gasps> no. Thank God. I was horrified when she told me about yeah. this. Again, she told me she was horrified when she realized it was coming from her own mouth. I hate this so It much. is so scary. Yeah. It gives me chills even thinking about it now, even though like, even just thinking about it, her telling me about it. Imagine having that the next day being told to you, your the the hand account. And like you, I could see in her own eyes and like her own like body language that she, it freaked her out too. You know, how could you not be freaked out? There's no way. There's no way. But yeah, she would tell me about this stuff like often. And I just like, I I wished I could have helped her. That's all I wanted to be able to do, but I didn't know how. And I really fully believed that she was being like severely oppressed by some sort of empty. I I still believe that now that there was something really, really trying to fuck with her during this point in her life. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's there's no other like reason for this to be going on, you know? So when I was compiling my research for this episode, one of the questions I asked her was if she'd ever seen any entities during sleep paralysis. Okay. We've learned that she did. Obviously we talked about that, but she said yes. And then she described one to me, them okay. to me, I guess she described them as humanoids with skinny bodies and elongated limbs. And they were always in shadow. Even if she had sleep paralysis during an afternoon nap and it was bright out, the entity would still be in shadow, not necessarily dark, just not illuminated by the light source. She can never make sense of their faces. But what she did tell me is that they would always be wearing a trench coat. <laughs> does that not sound like the hat man to you? I hate this. Yeah, it does. The funny thing is, I hadn't talked to her about any of my research or any of this before. I got one of my first parts of this story was accumulating information, right. gathering information. She didn't know about this when we talked about it before. Like, and I just think it's so compelling that even the person I'm getting these first-hand accounts from have these same like experiences that we're reading about happening all over the world. It's so
1: strange. Right. Well, and it's even more strange that it's happening like midday. Yeah. When when you, when you envision something just terrifying, it's always at night. Yeah. Dark. Mm 333 in the morning.
0: But yeah. Yeah. Cause during the day you're safe in my eyes. Except you're not, I guess. I guess you're like, Like, great. Yeah. There've been times where I've wondered, is this like some sort of alien activity and like I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. It really freaks me out though. Yeah. You know? And like, why does he watch us? That's another thing. Another question I have. Why, what is he watching? So I, I think it's more, I don't think it's necessarily watching us. You think it's just to instill fear? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that like, I don't know, evil is probably feeding off of us being terrified yeah. or that like anxiety. Because the dark energy gathers the dark energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's not sitting there being like, well uh, Kate is, uh, sleeping very well. It's like, no, he's yeah. not documenting. Da, 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 da. I think, yeah, I think it's more of like, oh, when she wakes up, she's going to shit her pants yeah. and I am going to feel great about myself. So I don't, I don't think it's that he's necessarily watching. It's more just to instill fear. Yeah. You
0: know? And I also wonder like, is he from, is the Hatman man like he's part from of hell? <laughs> is he part of our dimension, our astral, or is he from some totally other astral that, or like other, you know, like the, how we believe aliens are not, necessarily from our yeah. dimensions your set of dimensions is he from some other complete thing that isn't even a part of art you know what I'm saying? I see I like don't know. popping in and out or yeah. is it like do you think
1: my belief in this is where we do differ mm-hmm. is like and 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 maybe it's not that different because yeah because you believe that there's kind of a hell
0: yeah I mean I think
1: it's it's just a little bit different. I think that he's just or it mm-hmm.
0: is it's something coming from hell. Yeah, and I do. I wonder, does he show up and cause the sleep paralysis, or is it? Does he show up because sleep paralysis is happening, and it's a perfect opportunity for him to feed off of energy? I think. I think they're causing it. Yeah, I think. I don't
1: think it's coincidental, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think it's like, there's like alarms, like a fire department where they're like, there's a fire in this house. I'm going to go because that's great. No, I think it's going, they're going like, you know what? So-and-so is having a rough time. Yeah. This is perfect timing. She's depressed or she's going through stress or hell, like I look at like me in basic training Mm -hmm. and I you know, again, insert all your fucking jokes, go ahead. (laughs) We'll get five Marines writing in going, you don't know what you're talking about. Marines don't know how to use a computer. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out J.K., my husband. But I do think that like, I look back at then back then, and it was a time of not stress. I wasn't, I really wasn't stressed. I wasn't sleeping. A lack of sleep. That's what I've always said about it. Not sleeping at all. So, Mm -hmm. like, if anything, they use that as like a time to jump in. Yeah. And I look at like my teenage years. It wasn't great. Yeah. I won't get into the couch time with you guys because you don't give a shit. (laughs) But it wasn't great. (laughs) Yeah. And so they were probably going like, she's going through some shit. This is a great time to jump in and feed off of like the negative energy that's kind of already going. Yeah. Attack now. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion. I totally agree. They're like just
0: taking advantage of someone's vulnerability. Yeah, that makes sense. I I look back at my own um, experiences of sleep paralysis, and all of them were during like difficult periods of life, or yeah. um, like very high stress, or just like very depressed points in life. Right. Yeah, it was always happening in like when I was at my lowest. I felt like, and I don't feel like that's coincidental. I don't think it is either. And the only thing that I. Wonder occasionally is like, is it so scary always because it's something very sinister going on, or is it scary because it just feels so fucking unnatural for us to be doing? Like, or it it might be both. Yeah, I've never spoken to anyone that had sleep paralysis
1: that didn't have a story connected to it that was really fucked up totally. So, I don't know, I think it might be both. Like, personally, I'm terrified when I lose control, yeah, over myself again. That's why I don't, I'm such a bitch, I don't go on like roller coasters and stuff, (laughs) but it's because I don't like knowing. There's something going on, and I can't jump off. Yeah, I, so I don't some, like them so much either. Honestly, no. and so if something is where like I'm like all of a sudden I can't move, I can't talk. I tried screaming every fucking time, Ugh, yeah, and couldn't. And I remember I remember opening my mouth, and all I could get out was like a,
0: yeah, and like it's terrifying. Yeah. I, know. I know it is. It is really scary. I just I don't know. Like what I experienced firsthand was horrifying. I can't even imagine. It going beyond that. Yeah. Like, I just can't, I don't know if I'd be able to just like function normally if I was experiencing like entities watching me or like growling that was, I found out coming from my own mouth, like yeah, that sort of stuff. Like, I feel like that would severely impact my like regular waking quality of life. Yes. But I do think that like, if it's evil shit, out Mm -hmm.
1: there that like they're they're wanting that yeah that's what they're wanting yes that's the that's the goal right and i'm sure this will be another episode but if you look into like the shadow people in Mm -hmm. general like when people have experienced it and seen it it's usually tied to like trauma or like negativity or depression right so i have a hard time believing that this
0: isn't tied to the same freaking thing as well you know i definitely agree i mean it's just a different flavor of uh weird supernatural events yeah it's it's strange it's very strange yeah i hope everyone listening does not have these scary things happen to them i feel like um who finds this by chance though is looking for sleep paralysis content yeah probably has experienced it yeah well that's it and that's all i've yeah. got for this whole episode Thank you guys for listening. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Susie, for indulging me on this episode. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us about what you're gonna be bringing to the table next week? Oh well then. <laughs> as topical
1: as we are, yeah. Um, Dennis Rader is back in the headlines, unfortunately. Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. Bind, torture, kill. That's right. Which he nicknamed himself. He's which, really cool. Freaking loser. No one gives you're not supposed to give yourself your My own nickname. BTK. Like yeah. you're just, what a fucking dork. I know. He's And if you see pictures of him, oof, looks exactly like what I'd expect. Oof, yeah. So, like a very short synopsis: he is a serial killer. He didn't get caught for decades, and he essentially was almost like teasing the media, and almost like not almost. He thought he had befriended the detectives on his case. He thought
0: he could outsmart them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. And he thought that, like, he genuinely thought that they had a relationship with him.
0: You guys like won't tell on me, right? Yeah. No,
1: of course not. Of course not. Friends. But in his own interviews he was crushed that the detective (laughs) did that to him. But anyway, and just a quick little So good from the outside, when you just like hear about his like, you know, other personality. Mm -hmm. He at first he volunteered at the church and was heavily citizen, right? Yeah, heavily involved. Then he took a job at the church and he also was a Boy Scout leader. He volunteered a whole family. He had a whole family, Mm -hmm. kids. Um, he was also in the Air Force. Go ahead. I'll plug I that didn't in. Know that. Yes. Huh. Isn't that so messed what up? A treat. I'm not proud of that. But um anyway, so we're gonna deep dive in that and give well, he's back in the headlines because there might be more murders um, nice. linked to him. So we'll get into that. We'll get into his whole story because I know some people aren't freaks like us and don't read this for pleasure. Pleasure. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. It's I like the psychology behind it.
0: It's interesting. I think anything that people can't easily explain is interesting.
1: Yeah. So we're going to deep dive into that next week. Very excited. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys. We're going to wrap it up and we will talk to you guys next week. Sounds great. Have a great week. Bye.